Hello, everybody. You're probably thinking, hmm, Travis sounds different today. And yes, I'm currently getting over a slight cold from last week, and I'm actually not Travis. My name is Finner, and I'm currently interning with the amazing team here at Fool and Scholar Productions. And I'm here today to tell you about the last city. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. A geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors like Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Torado, and Maury Sterling. You can follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. A big thanks to Wondery for supporting shows like The White Vault. And now, on with the scheduled programming. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following documents and recordings are the ninth installment in a compilation detailing the events of the repair team sent to Outpost Freestead, consisting of Dr. Rosa Della Torre, Walter Heath, Graeme Kasner, Dr. Karina Schumacher-Weiss, and Jonas Thorninson. In the winter months, gale storms in Svalbard can reach wind speeds of 130 km per hour. Accompanied by or following snowfall, such storms can reduce visibility dramatically, more so in the winter months of the polar night. During these storms, travel is not advised. The White Vault. installment, the assessment and repair team faces a slight change in the ever-persistent storm and decides to undertake one final expedition whilst waiting on the hopefully diminishing winds. This first document comes from a written personal note of Dr. Della Torres. There is a slight dark ring of coffee in the bottom corner. Si los problemas fueran más físicos o si tuviera acceso a un mejor equipo, If the problems were more physical, or if I had access to better equipment, I would feel better about Karina's declining state. If it is more mental now than physical, then I am afraid it is slipping out of my area of expertise. We all slept in the common room last night. The generator is functioning again, but the heater has lost a lot of power. Thankfully, the coal-burning stove, coupled with a few small space heaters, keeps the common room at a good temperature. Walter took a little bit of time to look into the larger heater. He says it's old and running at the end of its time. Karina is, thankfully, back to English. 
I remember that fear so well from my times back at the ER. People coming in screaming and not I nor the nurses knew what was wrong, what they were saying. Not a speck of blood, something to know and no one to tell me. With the bunker cold as it is, some things are lacking. Privacy for one. Regardless, everyone is on edge as we hope to leave soon. I've packed a bit already. It feels like I could up and leave in ten minutes if Graham gave the okay. I've never written so much in my life. Something about complete boredom and an abundance of time leads to more writing than I would have expected. Coffee. The following comes from the transmitter's recorder. Ah, the dials are cold. What's this? Hey, Jonas, what's this? A dial? I don't know. No, I mean this data stream. It's been a week since the initial rover sent their data, so the transmitter is processing the information for storage. That part I do know. It should not interfere with the radio. Good to know. This is Walter Heath at outpost Freestead, approximately 33 kilometers northeast of New Orleans, south of the border to the National Park. Reaching out for seizure group and possible rescue services in Neolison. A storm has stranded us here for nearly two weeks, looking for assistance. Please respond. Has anyone checked outside? Why? We don't need more coal coming in. The readouts, I mean. No. This is Outpost Freestead. Anyone, please respond. Wait! What? Close the doors, please. Close the doors to the other rooms before you pass. The wind speed seems to have dropped. So it may be clearing up. If it stays like this all day, it may signal the beginning of the storm dying down. Should we take that chance? It may get worse. Should we go now while it's lightened up? Graham. I'll need to go out and check the visibility conditions. Wait, so there's a chance? I'll need to check the conditions. Then go do it then. If we can leave, we need to get moving. Would you be ready to go, Walter? Absolutely. Snowsuit on and out the door. I've packed a bit and I feel the same way. This place is starting to make my skin crawl. And shiver? Yes, and that too. Wait! Shit. What? No one goes out alone. I'll go. Give me a moment to get the suit on. This is Walter Heath at Outpost Freestead, approximately 33 kilometers northeast of Neolison, south of the border to the National Park. There are five people here, stuck due to the storm, looking for assistance. Please respond. Karina? You too, I'd wager. Yeah, when I woke up, I was ready to leave. This is Walter Heath at Outpost Frigid. It's 33 kilometers northeast of Tiny Town in the middle of fucking nowhere. I need to do something. I want to drink tea. I want to see the sun. I want to stand awkwardly in a queue at the shop trying to buy something fresh. Anything fresh. I'd take the tube. I'd argue with Molly. This is Walter Heath at Outpost Freestead looking for assistance to, to get out of here. Not that anyone can hear this. Done. I'm ready. <sighs> I'm going back to sleep. Does your head still hurt? Yes, everything is slightly... Uh, ...verwirrend. 
rest will do you some good then. I'm done on this. For an incredibly expensive piece of transmitting equipment, I'm relatively disappointed. Walter, what do you... The recorder was cut there. The following note comes from Mr Thornison's notepad, though several pages before this one had been ripped out and have not been located. We're going back down. Kastner and I discussed it during our short outing to assess the route's visibility. It's still impossible to pass. If the wind reduces more over the next few days, we should be able to leave, but the mixture of new layer of dry, unpacked snow and the still prevalent winds have made it impossible to leave currently. Rosa will be joining us on our descent, and Walter is adamantly against it. He will stay back with Karina, whom we have not informed. Everything is prepared already. We've spent so much time running those lines. Walter has permitted me to bring his camera. I wonder when I'll get to tell the girls about this. The following are several brief sections of audio from Mr. Heath's camcorder, in the possession of Mr. Thorninson at the time. No, I've got this. And this is the suit. You should wait until we reach the village. Keep hold of the rope. Such a group will be happy with how much this mission has accomplished. Good. Are you looking forward to seeing your daughters? Oh, God, yes. It's going to be their birthday soon, too. We should be getting close. We just reached the entrance to the village. It's still magnificent. I wonder if it looks blue during the summer as well. Jonas, put the camera away until you rappel down. Shit. You're fine. Put both feet down. Jonas, are you ready? I want to get into the main building. Wait, did we bring the heart back? No, it would have woken Karina to get it. Have you seen everything yet? Could you show me some of the objects you spoke of earlier? The whale oil lamp or the old coal stove? This way. That's the whale oil lamp. It's rather mundane. Yes, but we are several kilometers from the coast, so any whale oil would need to be hauled out here, through the caves. And the coal would need to be mined. Perhaps out of the caves we enter through? It's more Karina's specialty, but what we walked through didn't look like coal. This place is missing a few things. This is one of the huts we took the skins from to make the stretcher when Karina fell. If you want to see the main building, we should hurry. Yes, lead the way. That's tiny. A few rocks must have fallen. Jonas, give me a hand. Grab that side. No, go ahead. I'll be right behind you. Watch your step. The floor is disconnected. There are hundreds of those boxes. If it were not for the morbid nature of our discovery, I would say it was beautiful. It is beautiful, regardless. Though a walking hazard as well. Do none of you understand what this is? Walter guessed a church of some kind? I believe you may have noted it could have been a town hall. No, Amphitheatro Anatomico. Anatomical theater, like those used in old medical schools to study human anatomy through observed dissection. There are so few well-preserved. 
I've seen a few before on a trip to Italy. None like this. None out of stone. Just to understand, you're saying this is a place for the public's dissection of people? Yes, for scientific purposes. The people were dead already. Uh, a place for human dissection where the floor is made of boxes filled with organs. That part is uncommon. Are those narwhal tusks? Look, down there. Can we check down there? Everyone stay behind me and watch your step with the crampons on these stones. Jonas, are you okay? Yes, yes, I I'm fine. I wonder, though... Just put it down, please. It rattles like the other one. It couldn't all possibly have teeth in them. Maybe, but put it down. There are stairs here. Up? Down. Oh. Are we going down? Do you want to? Yes and no. Does it look safe? Sounds sturdy. Dark. Everyone turn on your lights. You okay back there, Jonas? Yeah, the camera's just not picking up any light. I can't see the bottom yet. Graham, take a few steps forward and turn around. What does this look like to you? The stairs. Teeth. Fuck. Why is everything teeth? Hurry! What? Kastner, Rosa, I saw someone. They were tall and dark like our snowsuits on the other side of the entrance where we came in. We're leaving. Rosa, take my ice axe. What? No, I just saw someone over there. Why would you act that way? It's the only way out, Jonas. Just follow me. is an action report from Mr. Kasner's files. There are mathematic equations calculated in the margins and additional notes brought in Russian at the end. Earlier today, Mr. Thorerson, Dr. De La Torre, and I travelled through the tunnels yet again to visit the village beneath the ice. Due to the events that occurred today, it is my professional opinion that we should not return. Before leaving, we determined that though the winds seem to be settling slightly, the conditions and lack of visibility are still too hostile to permit us to leave the outpost. Dr. Schumacher Weiss's mental state still appears to be deteriorating, and it is my opinion that Mr. Heath is starting to become slightly stir-crazy in this environment. If we stay here much longer, we all may. 
Similarly to past reports, traversing the tunnels took us around two hours until we reached the village. Having not been present at the last examination, Dr. De La Torre was interested in seeing a few of our past finds before we continued on to the main building. Once we removed a few more fallen rocks, we were able to enter the building again. Rosa was able to identify the building as an anatomical theater, which, to her knowledge, were used hundreds of years ago during scientific explorations in human dissection. Jonas also picked up another box from the floor. When shook, it sounded like the previous box. It was replaced thereafter. Across from the entrance and throughout the primary dissection area, we found a narrow hall leading to a set of spiral stairs. These are presumed to lead down into a basement structure for the theater, though we did not make it far enough to confirm this. We were not able to make it all the way down the stairs for two primary reasons. First, Rosa pointed out the odd flooring for the grip of the stairs. When examined up close, it was easy to determine that each step was lined with rows of teeth as its grip. Now, I do not usually include speculation in my field reports, but after discussing with Rosa that she still believes the teeth she saw in the stairs were human, I have done some math. Assuming there was one tooth per square centimeter and the stairs were maybe 35 centimeters deep by 85 centimeters wide, then there were 2,975 square centimeters per stair, each one with a tooth. We traveled down maybe 12 steps before we stopped and turned around, so... Without calculating for the unaccounted for steps, it can be assumed there is a minimum of 35,700 square centimeters of tooth-laden stairs. That is 35,700 teeth. The human mouth has 32 teeth normally. Now if every tooth was used, it would take 1,116 people's teeth to adorn those stairs. It is my hope that some of the teeth must have been animal. It is my assumption that the stairs enter a crypt. Discovery of the teeth stopped our descent briefly, long enough for Jonas to notice something back down the hall and through the slight opening in the entry arch. He says he saw a figure, at which point we turned around and headed back to the exit. Upon reaching the path we made through the rocks to enter and exit the building, I looked through to find three large statues that were not previously present. They stood in a row before the building, facing us. It is impossible that these statues were there when we first entered, or that they would have gone unnoticed. They were large, and if made from solid stone, may weigh a ton each. If I had attempted to wrap my arms around it, I do not believe I would have been able to do so. The statues were carved from some glossy black and silver rock, and stood perhaps a half meter taller than me. 
They depicted dangerous animals of the region. A bear, a walrus, and some kind of whale given terrestrial features to fit the style of the others. Sparsely but well carved, they reminded me of the smaller, disturbing totems, Tupelac, I saw during my time in Greenland. We passed them without incident, though Jonas caught himself on his crampons momentarily, and we returned to the bunker in good time. Mr. Heath took interest in our new discoveries. Dr. Schumacher Weiss is greatly upset with us for returning to the village, and Rosa is worried even further by her mental decline. I... I need to speak with Rosa. Niznayo. Pravda Leona is bitchula. I don't know if she is truly crazy, but between what Jonas thinks he saw today in the village and the many other occurrences here, I am beginning to make assumptions that are both founded and irrational. This storm is not normal. We must leave. The following comes from Mr. Thornison's notepad. I saw what. So I felt lum. That's the same burden as I for this like. So I for this open and I saw something. I think we tell children stories about to keep them from the water, to keep them from the wilds. I think it's what she saw, Karina. Those grim things we tell the little ones to keep them from the woods. Partial truths. I saw the statues too. The feeling of recognition was frightening and overwhelming. I reached out for one and its carved surface cut me right through my glove. It burns. Hurts with purpose. No pressure can subside. It's so small. No reason to worry Rosa and Karina's in such a poor state. What would Hilda think? This concludes those documents related to the day that Dr. Della Torre, Mr. Kasner, and Mr. Thorninson descended again into the village and discovered not only a means of further descent, but the Black Rock statues. This completes the ninth collection of information regarding the repair team at Outpost Freestead. The White Vault. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing 
to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.